You may be wondering, what in the world is he up to now? And why does he have one of these? You'll bring anything on just to make it look a little manlier, right? (laughs) I'll share with you what this is all about. If you have your Bible, take it to the book of Matthew, chapter number 633, as we get into the word of God. Matthew 6.33, just leave your hand right there. I'll read other passages of Scripture, but I'm going to ask that you read that one aloud with me when the time comes. I want to read to you as you're turning there, read to you Ezekiel 22, verse number 30. I searched for a man. If you have your uh, Bible, you're welcome to turn there, but specifically, I want you to look to the screen, Ezekiel 33.20. I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I might not destroy it, but I found no one. To me, this is a very convicting and challenging verse of Scripture. As the Word of God is acknowledged, I searched for a man among them. I looked high, I looked low. I was hoping that I would find a man that would be willing to stand in the gap and repair this wall, and I found no one. God, you mean to tell me you looked high and low and there wasn't one single man? If you'll remember, even in the book of Genesis, when God was looking for some people who were able to remain in that remnant of people, of purified people that would go into the ark, Noah called and beckoned for many to come into the ark, but no one would go except for Noah and his family. When God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, God gave Sodom and Gomorrah many chances. As a matter of fact, he had told Lot, go into the city and go find some righteous people. And uh, Lot would come back and say, I found no one. Go back over again and I'll give you less amount of people. And see if you can find 60. See if you can find 30. See if you can find lesser people. And Lot would come back and he says, I found no one. And the same is true in this passage of scripture. I searched. I went high and low. I was on Google and I even searched and I found no one. There's a desperation of manhood in America today. There's a desperation of kingdom manhood in churches today. You wonder why our nation is at a point of where we are colliding in a world of where are we going, what are we doing, what's going on? You wonder why our families are in disarray. You wonder why many of our churches in America today are in disarray. Because God is searching for kingdom men. God is searching high and low. And he's desperate to find a man. If God made a thorough search for kingdom men around our nation and even in our churches today, would he still come up empty? Today, I want us to rediscover what it means to be a man after God's own heart. It's time to raise the standard, men. It's time to raise and elevate ourselves into biblical manhood so that we can understand what it means to be a kingdom man. Today in this room, you'll have one decision. That decision is to follow after God's own heart and to be a kingdom man or to be a carnal man. 
choose you this day whom you will serve. There's a line that's being drawn. Satan is on one side and God is on the other. And Joshua says, before the people today, it's time to decide. Quit being a boy. Corinthians says, when I became a man, I put away childish, foolish things. We need some men of God. We need some men who will say, I will fight for our church. And all God's men said, I will fight for my family. And all God's men said, I will fight for my country. And God's men said, wake up, mighty man. Wake up, kingdom man. Acts 13, says, and when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I, found, I have found in, the, in David, the son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart, who will do all my will. You can be a male and not be a man. You can be a man and not be godly. There is a distinction between a godly man or a kingdom man, and there's a distinction between him and being a carnal man. Now, Matthew 6.33, as your finger is already there in your Bible, read this out loud with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek. God is seeking for a man. And the man is seeking after God. You see, when a man is seeking after God and when God is seeking after a man, the Bible says that God, his love for us is so relentless, is so pursuing that he would move, he would leave heaven to come to earth to pursue you, that's how much God loves you. God loves you so much that he was willing to leave the throne and the kingdom of heaven to pursue you so he can put his royal crown upon you and make him a son of God. That's how much God loves you. Now, can you seek after God? Be a man after God's own heart and seek the kingdom of God. We have a lot of men who are seeking carnal things and not kingdom things. We have a lot of men who are seeking toys and pleasure and career and not kingdom things. The kingdom of heaven is like a, hidden, a treasure hidden in a field, Matthew 13, says. A treasure is worth fighting for. A priceless treasure like this one is worth everything you have. But don't just take my word for it. Jesus said it himself. The reason why so many men today are living without as much a semblance of that treasure in their spiritual being is because they have not understood the mystery of the kingdom of God. They settle for trinkets. They settle for gadgets. They settle for golf clubs. They settle for video games and career. They settle for vacation and cars and motorcycles. They settle for prestige and entrepreneurship. Those things are okay. But unless you are pursuing the kingdom first, all these other things that you are pursuing is all in vain. The Bible says you can have all these things, but you're going to have sorrow with it. But when you pursue the kingdom of God and he blesses you with it, 
He adds no sorrow to it. That's a major distinction, ladies and gentlemen. One more verse of introductory scripture, and that's in Joel 3, verse number 9, because I want us to pay attention to what Joel says. Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up. In other words, wake up. The New King James says, wake up. In this version, in the ESV, it says, consecrate for war, stir up the mighty man. That's why I'm standing on, on the stage today. I'm saying, hey, wake up, men. Hey, wake up, boys. Hey, wake up, people of God. Hey, wake up, kingdom people. Stir up. This isn't a moment for fun and games. This is a moment for mighty people of God to say, wake up. And so now I've got to stand before us and say, let me stir up the gift that is in you. You have the Lord Jesus Christ in you, and we've got to wake up. 90% of American men say that they believe in God and a form of God. It's broad. 35% of Christian men that acknowledge God, the Lord Jesus Christ, 35% only attend with their families. Shameful. Men outnumber women in Buddhism. Men outnumber women in Hinduism. Men outnumber women in the Muslim religion. But in 2018, you go to the average church, more women outnumber men. Why is it that all the false religions in the world, and yet here we are believing in a, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has called us unto manhood, and we are sleeping at the wheel? No wonder Joel 3.9 says, wake up. Wake up! Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, said it's better to build boys than to mend men. A lot of broken families. A lot of broken fatherhood. I understand. I are one. Pardon my English. I grew up without a dad. It was not until I was 25 years of age that I even met my dad. Taking a trip with my wife over to Cambodia to go and find a man that I've never seen before. I couldn't even tell you what he looked like because I didn't have a photo. I didn't even know his name until that moment. How would I even know how to be a man? The word of God. My Abba Father. There's no excuses. Oh, it sure is better if we can have some men who will model manhood, who will model what it means to be godly. But generational curse doesn't have to continue in the Chim family. 
because that chain was broken when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. And now Caleb and Corbin and Carter, they're just reflecting the image of manhood as I reflect fatherhood from God the Father. How you doing? Boys follow men. We have a lack in our society of real men and boys who are growing up without dads. Men who have relinquished their right and their obligation to lead their families. I want to give you some characteristics of kingdom men. Number one, kingdom men hunger for the word of God. I'll read that again. Maybe you'll agree with me. Either that or you're just feeling some conviction. Kingdom men hunger for the word of God. Men, we know what a good steak tastes like, don't we? We also know what a bad cut of meat tastes like. We know when the food is really good and when the food isn't that great. We have a lot of men who are eating junk food, spiritually speaking. Men who are not going to the word. Instead, they're willing to let a pastor or a teacher or a friend or someone else give them their leftovers. It's time to feed yourself, men. It's time to feed your families. You wonder why your children are spiritually starving? Feed them. You wonder why your family is spiritually starving? Feed them. You wonder why you're spiritually starving? Feed yourself. Be a man. Grow up. Corinthians, put away childish things. Pursue God. Quit blaming everyone else. Well, I went to church, and he didn't, he didn't feed, it, feed me the way I wanted to be fed. Priesthood of the believer. Go to God yourself. Oh, we come into community so that we can worship, so that we can fellowship, so that we can glean from the word of God together. But if you're only fed on Sunday, no wonder you're spiritually starving Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you blame the church. Wake up. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Number two, kingdom men pray. Kingdom men pray. Luke 6, 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray, and he continued all night 
to prayer, in prayer, to God. An old hymn many years ago, still sung in some churches today, sweet hour of prayer. We have a lot of Christians who have sweet moments of prayer at best, sweet minutes of prayer at best. Father, thank you for this food. This is the only time in the day that I have prayed. Amen. Where's the men of God who are willing to go to their prayer closets for their church? The men of God who are willing to go to their prayer closet for their families, who will fight spiritual warfare on behalf of their family. Just as God is seeking us, the devil is seeking after us. The Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And yet you're going to allow the wicked one to just come and destroy your families? And you're not going to man up spiritually to put on the armor of God and fight? But you're willing to complain? Wake up, mighty man. The man that stands tallest is the man that stands on his knees. How you doing? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Why is it that we've lost the essence of biblical manhood and kingdom manhood because we don't even know how to pray? We're one to stand up tall and shout and scream when things go wrong, but when things go wrong, can God allow us to get on our knees instead? I need you, oh blessed Savior. Instead of wanting to stand so tall and proclaim whatever dissension, can we just get on our knees? Luke 18.1 says, and he told them a parable to this effect that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. In the King James Version, it says, and not to faint. You know, when you faint, my son and I were in Nepal a few years ago, and I just came back from that trip, but he went with me for the first time a few years ago, and we got off the airplane in high altitude in the mountains, and traveling, and, and he started to faint. You faint when you don't have the right nutrients. You faint when you start losing oxygen. You faint when your blood pressure is getting low. They're all symptomatics, symptoms of something's wrong with your body. A spiritual man is healthy, so he doesn't faint. A kingdom man is spiritually healthy, so he doesn't faint. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength, the Bible says, is small. Number three, kingdom men are humble. Kingdom men are humble. Samuel Brengel said this quote, 
the axe cannot boast of the tree it has cut down. There you go. All right, axe. Do what you're supposed to do. That's how a lot of parenting is nowadays. Just go on. Where's the father? Where's the mother who are willing to pick them up? Bible says in the book of Proverbs, arrows in the hands of a mighty man. You see, when you give yourself over to a God who can use you mightily, who can shoot you and point you mightily, it's unbelievable. But there's an expectation these days. And we just pawn it off to other people. I'll send them to school. I'll send them to youth group. I'll send them to this. And then there's an expectation and hands are off. It's your responsibility and your obligation. Don't don't neglect it. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give himself and his life a ransom for many. John 6, 38 says, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of the Father, the one who sent me. Number four, kingdom men are compassionate. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. For they fainted. Did you notice that? For they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. It's time for us to get some compassion in the body of Christ. They're hurting. They're upset. They're angry. They're dismayed. They're disillusioned. They're discouraged. They're depressed. That's not the time for you to yell and scream at them. Why didn't you bring your own food? You're always dependent on me. Why can't you go to another doctor? Why don't you go to another church? Why don't you go to... No, no, it's time for you to go ahead and just be king to men and start loving on them. When the body is hurting, the Bible says we encourage one another. The Bible says we love one another. The Bible says we forgive one another. The Bible says that we forbear one another. Can the body of Christ do the one another's as God has commanded us? Instead of biting someone's head off just because they're, they're hurt in the moment. Hurting people hurt people. But hurting people need a shepherd need godly friends, need the body of Christ to surround them and love them and pray for them. Number five, 
kingdom men forgive in our long suffering. Most beautiful demonstration of that was the Lord Jesus Christ as he bore the cross going to Mount Calvary, as he laid there on Golgotha's hill and arms stretched wide open, and he says these words which still emanate and pierce my heart today, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Sometimes people that are hurting in the moment, they don't recognize their hurt and how they're casting it upon you and on others. Please give them patience. They're just hurt. Well, I'll tell you what. No. I'll tell you what. God loves you. And I love you. And I know we're going through hard hardship right now. But I want to go through this with you. That's the distinction and a mark of a kingdom man. Not let me yell at you and tell you why I'm right. Compassion. We think that to be a man needs to be tough, needs to be mean, needs to be an ogre. The Lord Jesus Christ, in moments when more times than not, he had more compassion. Jude 22 says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Won't we make a difference by having more compassion and more grace? Number six, kingdom men are loyal, loving men. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You see, there is a loyalty there. There is a dedication there. There is not a love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with some of your mind, with some of your acts. No, no, it is love the Lord your God with, say it with me, all. When you give someone your all, there's no reservation. I'm just going to wait and see. That's not love and loyalty. That is, what is, how is it going to benefit me? That's selfish. That's not savior sensitive. That's not being a kingdom man. Number seven, kingdom men have a spirit of endurance and faithfulness. If you can't even run with the footmen, the Bible says, how will you run with the chariots? Remember practicing to run in our 5K. We had to, Carter was only three years old and he was practicing in Singapore in the hot summers. Caleb and Corbin and Susan, we all ran together as a family surround the tracks, preparing, training little Carter up. He's holding my hand as we're running. After a while, I would loose him a little bit, and then mom would come and hold on to his hands. After mom got tired of running with him, because he's 
dragging us all down. (laughs) Caleb or Corbin would come hold his hands. You have run well, but that's just you. How's your family doing? Are you leaving them behind? How's your faith family doing? Are you leaving them behind? Uh Uh-uh. Come on. Let's run together. You got this. We can do it. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Jesus said in John 17, 4. Philippians 3, 14. I pressed toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. I love our new logo. If you ever get a moment, stare at it. Our new logo is a P for pathway, but it's very significant. It wasn't just random. Oh, what looks good? Oh, no, we prayed about it. We were diligent in asking the Lord to direct us. If you'll notice the P, the cross is very evident. Because God says, if, if we lift high the cross, he will draw all men unto him. We want to be a church family that lifts up the cross. If you'll notice the cross, not only is it pointing upward, but it's pointing forward. Because upward and forward, onward, we're pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're going somewhere. We're pursuing God and we're reaching out. We're pursuing God and we're moving forward. That cross is evident, but that cross, and then there's a little swoop. It's actually pointing right back to the cross. So while we are pursuing God higher and farther and deeper, if any time we get away from it, we just go right back to the cross. That's what that little loop is for. You thought it was just a pea. Oh, no, it's just a reminder that we want to be a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, Christ-centered, cross-centered church that loves God passionately, and we pursue him persistently. We're all about the cross. We're all about the book. We're all about reaching people for the gospel and bringing them right back to the cross. That's what that P is for. It's significant. Can we be kingdom people of God today? I know today was, one, was not one of those chanta moments where I'm patting you on the back and encouraging you, but it's time to wake up the mighty men. We have men's ministry at our church. As the men's ministry of our church, and hear me out, This is not to get onto our church. This is to challenge the men. On Thursdays, there are more women who are studying the Bible together than there are men who come together. Now, please hear me out, and I'm not just referring to Thursday. I'm talking about men's ministry. When we depart from this room, you'll receive a bottle of root beer. 
have to preface that for some of you men smiled and I heard beer. (laughs) We've got root beer that are being handed out by the men's ministry of our church. There's a table in the back for you to sign up to participate in men's ministry. We not only have Bible studies last month, they went fishing together. They fellowship together. They worship together. They challenge each other. If you're not involved in our men's ministry, get involved in our men's ministry and stand up with me. Stand up with our church. Stand up with our pastors and say, we will be kingdom men on behalf of Pathway Church and we are going to glorify God and we are going to lead our church and our families for the kingdom of Christ. Thy will be done in heaven as it is on earth. We will be kingdom men. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? Here's the invitation. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you are not even a child of God. We have prayer partners that'll be available to pray with you. I'd love to meet you and shake your hand and help you begin a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can be a child of God. But the challenge is for men today. Would you surrender all and would you give your life over to being a kingdom man? And quit fooling around, quit playing games, quit living in your carnality, get right with God, stand for our church and be a man of God. Pull up your bootstraps and get ready for the ride because God wants to declare his glory on this church. He's gonna do it when men and women are willing to take up the mantle and say, God, here I am, I surrender all. Dads, lads, would you be a kingdom man? Would you lead your family in prayer? Would you come to the altar and pray over your family? Would you pray for this church? Stand up and fight the devil who is roaring. He will not take this church. He will not take another brother or sister in the Lord and devour them. I will fight because I'm a kingdom man. I'll put on the whole armor of God and I'll say, not today, Satan. Today I have chosen whom I will serve and I am a kingdom man. All around the room, I pray that there's movement movement in your heart, movement in your spirit, movement in your mind, who will say, I have decided to follow Jesus and I'm a kingdom man. Would you lead our church? Would you model that men of God and come and pray and come and join me? I'll be up here. I'll be down here. Can I, can I, hold your hand in the battle and I, can, can I say, you are a brother in battle with me and you are standing with me? Or will I stand alone? Because we don't have kingdom men in our church. Would you let our moms and would you let our children and our wives know that this church is not only guarded by the Holy Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's also guarded by men 
who will stand up, stand tall, who will stand up because we are kingdom men. As Pastor Randy and the worship team sings this song, the invitation is this, join me to be a kingdom man. Stand arm in arm with me. Let's be kingdom men of God for our church. Here I am, down on my knees again. Hallelujah. Look at this. God, receive the glory. This is a kingdom moment because we are kingdom men. We're going to fight for our church. We're going to fight for our families. Men who stand tallest are men who stand on their knees. You're watching men of our church who are on their knees because we love you. We're going to fight for you. We're going to fight with you. This is the brotherhood. This is kingdom men. Surrender. I surrender. 
somewhere somehow let's face the let's face our our congregation the troops have gathered for war The men have arisen. Joel 3:9, stir them up, shake them up, wake them up. And we are saying to our body, to you, we are going to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to honor his command for us to step up in our faith and step up in our church. And we are going to be men of this church. And we are going to be kingdom men for God today I join with my brothers and sisters with this church family and say Satan you can roar all you, all you want but greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world let's give the Lord one more round of applause God is at work Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, men. You may be seated. As you go out this morning, please, 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 Father's Day is not over. Grab a root beer on your way out. Toast another man of God see our men out in our promenade and let them know that you want to join forces with them in our men's ministry i'm a part of men's ministry because i am a man and i want to represent this church with you god bless you you are dismissed i love you <laughs>